doctor-patient, lawyer-client. There are some special relationships where we trust a professional to do the right thing, to act in our best interests at all times. The relationship between a psychiatrist and the person going to see them shouldn't be any different. But as The Shrink Next Door shows, things can go badly wrong when we turn to the wrong person for help. It's an odd, intriguing case of mistaken identity, psychological manipulation and a publicity-hungry shrink dating back nearly 30 years. By any measure, Marty Markowitz was a success. He had an Ivy League diploma, a law degree, his own business and plenty of money. But when he hit 38, he found himself feeling seriously overwhelmed. His rabbi recommended a therapist he knew, who had an office on Manhattan's east side. I go into his office, which was, you know, a modestly furnished office with a desk and a chair and a couch. The therapist's name was Dr. Isaac Hirschkoff, but he told Marty to call him Ike. He was a young, handsome man with a round face, a close-cropped beard, and curly black hair. He was dressed casually in an open-collar shirt and shorts. I sat down right across from him, and we looked at each other, and uh, he said, "Okay, why are you here? Marty had seen a therapist before, the kind who would listen while you lay down on the couch and talk about your dreams. This therapist was different. His uh, modus operandi was basically, I'm your pal, Tell me what's bothering you, and let's take it from there. Marty spent the whole session laying out his problems. He told Ike how his father and mother had recently died, how he'd inherited the family business, how he was having a hard time dealing with his new responsibilities. When he'd finished, Marty says Ike looked at him and said, I'm going to take you on as a patient. And I said, okay, nice. Not only was Ike taking him on as a patient, but he made Marty a promise. He said, don't worry, I'll take care of everything. I was overwhelmed. And to have someone say to me, don't worry, calm down, this is nothing to get upset about, we're going to straighten everything out, and we're going to do it fast. Very comforting to me. Marty wrote him a check. I think it was for $160, something like that, back, back in the day. It was June 1981. Marty had come to Ike because he needed help. But if he had known what his new therapist had in store for him, he probably would have walked out the door and never come back. From Wondery and Bloomberg, I'm Joe Nocera, and this is The Shrink Next Door. This is episode one. Welcome to the neighborhood. Every neighborhood has its share of mysteries. We can live our entire lives and barely know the people just one door down. I have a summer house in Southampton, a couple of hours outside of New York. This part of the Hamptons is called the Bayside. It's quiet, peaceful, a place to escape from the city in the hot summer months. Samson and Jackie Giot have a house on the same street as me. My name is Jacqueline Giot, and we're married uh, 35 years? We're married 52 years. 
They've been coming here since the 80s. Most of the houses on our street are single-story with wooden clappered fronts. Samson and Jackie's house is no different. It's a lovely home, really. But there's one house on the street that stands out. For starters, it's just bigger than most of the other houses. It's two stories instead of one. And it's the only one on the street with a separate guest house out back. And then there's the way it looks. The house is spectacular with windows and windows and windows. Everything about it is over the top. There's a pond with goldfish, lots of fish, and a waterfall to the pond, too. It's bigger, bolder, brasher than anything else on the street. In 2010, my wife Dawn and I bought the house next door. And right away, our neighbor's place gave Dawn a headache. The first thing I said to my husband was, we are going to screen as much as we can Dawn. that property. Jesus. And we did. We ended up planting a border of bamboo. That was the very first property that we tried to through careful landscape design. Screen. What's wrong with that? Aside from what we can see from our yard, the house next door was the last thing on her mind. Or mine, for that matter. We just had a baby, so we were a little preoccupied. But even if we weren't paying attention to our neighbors, they were paying attention to us. From our mailman to the next-door neighbors, people quickly learned that Joe worked for the New York Times. It wasn't long before a man popped over to our house to introduce himself. He was dressed like a maintenance man. Green khaki pants, a long sleeved work shirt, and a faded baseball cap. He welcomed us to the neighborhood, and then he handed us a folder of press clippings. I literally just took them and said thank you, and, but he wanted us to have them. You know, he really wanted Joe to have them. There were articles that a psychiatrist, Dr. Isaac Hirschkoff, had written, and articles that had been written about him. In mid-August, an invitation arrived to a summer barbecue next door, hosted by Dr. Hirschkoff, Ike. This would be the last of three big summer parties he threw every year. I went alone. To reach the front door, I had to cross a bridge over a fish pond. There were maybe 40 or so guests hanging out in the backyard. I roamed about, stopping here and there to chat. I spotted the actor Richard Kind, just in time to see him do a belly flop into the pool. There were a handful of other people, too, people I recognized as prominent New Yorkers, like Dr. Ruth, the TV personality and sex expert. It was a warm afternoon. I chatted with a few people, sipped on my glass of wine, and began to wander around. At some point, I found myself in the living room. There was a fake giraffe bust, Venetian masks, plastic parrots hanging from the ceiling, even a giant gong. But what struck me most were the photographs. Lots and lots of photographs. And in nearly every one of them, there was Ike. Ike with Henry Kissinger. Ike with Brooke Shields. Ike with Gwyneth Paltrow. Even Ike with O.J. Simpson. It was like one of those diners where the walls are covered with pictures of celebrity patrons. At that moment, the man himself appeared. He greeted me like a long-lost friend and said that my wife and I should come over soon for a drink. And then he was gone. Sure enough, a few days after the summer party, the same maintenance man we'd met before showed up at our door again. This time, 
he brought an invitation for drinks. It was very formal, as if he was reading from a script. You mean like Dr. Hirschkoff would want you to come over? Right. At such and such a time, on such and such a day. The formality of it blew me away, and he was very, very exacting about how it had to go. So we went. One of the strangest evenings I've ever had in the Hamptons. Or anywhere else, for that matter. But definitely the Hamptons. It was pouring rain. We headed over, umbrellas in hand. To get to the front door, we crossed a bridge. We could see Coy circling in the water below. Ike and his wife, Becky, welcomed us in and ushered us to a round kitchen table. There were snacks laid out, carrots and celery. Ike served white wine. So what I remember is, the things that I really remember, him talking incessantly about being a sex therapist and a celebrity therapist. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the details, but that, that it just really sticks in my mind that he kept going on and on about that. It was more like a monologue than a dialogue. That's what I remember. Mm -hmm. What do you remember? I just remember thinking these people are... I felt suffocated. I talked about his work. I've never seen anything like it. But I remember thinking... He was very brazen about the details of his life, considering we were strangers and also considering what he does. He did talk about an NBA sports guys and yeah. somebody, a Yankees player. I, I just thought he lacked a lot of discretion, given his field. We listened politely as he went on and on. I just remember looking towards the door. Finally, after about an hour, I said we needed to get home. And we got up to leave... And it was very clear that Ike wanted a photograph. A photograph of me? I think he came out and said, well, we'd like to get a picture of you. And it was just Joe. It wasn't <laughs> Joe and I. Then it hit me. Ike wanted a picture because in his eyes, a columnist for the Times was a kind of celebrity. I remember a desperation. Can we get your photograph? You know, we'd like to get this photograph. I thought the whole thing was just... Strange. Strange. I couldn't see a way out. I was doomed to hang on the wall with Richard Kind, O.J., and Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay, I said. And Ike went to grab a camera, one of those instant Polaroid things. He led me into an alcove where there were hundreds of other photos pinned to the wall. I didn't want to be another face on the wall, to tell you the truth. It felt weird. But I also wanted to be polite... And I really wanted to get out of there. So I let Ike take my picture, pin it to his wall, and then we left as fast as we could. I remember getting to her home, collapsing on the couch or something. Dawn told me she never wanted to go back. I remember saying to Joe it was a cross between a scene from Meet the Fockers and something, what was the other thing we could Fellini, yes. he said. Yes. Fellini. <laughs> there was no sign of the maintenance man the night Dawn and I went over. But I knew he was still around. Sometimes we'd be on our deck and we'd see him outside working in the yard. My neighbor, Samson Giat, saw him too. I remember during a conversation, I mentioned to Ike how beautiful his property is and how lucky he was or is to have this fellow that runs around all the time taking care of the property. 
he remarked that, um, yeah, he was lucky. Um, uh, he's a, a good worker. When I returned to the Hamptons the following summer, I noticed something strange at the house next door. I would see the maintenance man out on the property doing his usual work in the backyard. But Ike Hirschkoff was gone. I would never see him or his wife Becky in the Hamptons again. There were no more summer parties. It was as if they had simply disappeared. And that's when I learned that everything I had thought I'd known about my neighbor was wrong. It's, it's a wild story. That's the maintenance man. The guy who came to our door with the press clippings. The guy we saw working around the yard. That was Marty Markowitz. The same guy who had first gone to see Dr. Isaac Hirschkoff as a patient nearly 30 years earlier. Some of part one of The Shrink Next Door called Welcome to the Neighbourhood, written and presented by Joe Nacera and produced by Wandery in partnership with Bloomberg.